in the process per se, but you know, it is a different uh, situation here. You know, it's kind of nerve wracking. Were you nervous at all before doing this? Um, yes, of course. Um, I've never been on a podcast before. But you do speak like to people quite a bit. It's like as a profession, right? That that is true. I mean, I will share that I do teach um, high school for a living. I do speak in front of people. I guess I always find when parents are involved, it's like, oof, you, there's, I know the stakes get high because parents, I mean, maybe you'll even admit this, that you are a parent and that like, <laughs> sometimes the stakes get really high when they're involved and people lose their minds. It's kind of like handling fragile goods or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's true. I can sort of see it from a parenting perspective as well. Like your emotions are so heightened when you're mm. talking about your children, especially if you feel like you want something more for them. Um, so it, it, there is a delicate balance in talking to parents about their children, um, especially when the students are doing something that they'd be better off not doing because you want to approach that in a way that makes the parent um, want to support you and help mm-hmm. the kid. Yeah. So what you're saying is take the kid out back and trans them behind the building. So you take the kids out back, you trans them because that's what the parents would ultimately want. You just can't talk to them about it right now. And that's called being a good teacher, right? Yeah, essentially. Yes. (laughs) 2023. Yes. (laughs) I bet the worst teachers are like people with no kids. Like, Obviously, those are the people on libs of TikTok. Those are the people out there being like, ah, my job here is to like radicalize people. It's like, really? <laughs> is right. it? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's so bizarre to me, the whole idea of becoming more radical as you get older, because I just feel like I get more mellow and seeing things from a higher perspective. Um, I think that's fair. I definitely would say I've gotten more fascistic as an older person. Yeah, I would say like definitely. But I mean, I started out from a pretty heavy lead, I would say like right wing baseline. I don't know. We can talk about our political journeys maybe <laughs> in a moment. I should introduce my uh, guest here this evening. I am super excited. This is this is wild to me, actually. This is truly a convergence of the timelines. I talk about time travel a lot, but now it's happening for real, for real. We have in the studio an IRL, like dear friend and legend of my life, I guess I would say. Truly a light, someone who's been beside me, like whether near or far always inside of my heart you know a fucking motorcycle just went by just like the fucking room my moment fuck you anyway pardon me lady k i have with me someone who is so dear to me uh a, a longtime friend uh, a compatriot a fellow life path journey traveler in the studio virtually of course here at the backlash headquarters we have the one and only lady k welcome to here comes the backlash Oh, thank you, Pool House. I am so honored to be here today. <laughs> I don't know if you remember my zines. Like, I kind of, I feel like we weren't, we weren't living together, I think, when I started Backlash. But I know that, like, at different times, I made you read hand-printed leaflets, probably, of mine. Oh, my gosh. I do remember. I But that just jogged my memory to remembering, oh, my gosh, you had things plastered all over the walls at one 
point you had mm-hmm. an epiphany and started writing it down and plastering it all over the walls of our house. We did live together at one point in our lives. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, Lady K and I spent a few years together and people know I'm, I hope it's okay you're gonna get docs this way because I am already a known Santa Cruz dweller once upon a time uh, Lady K and I lived together in, a, in that wild little town and <laughs> I did have I met many of there I would say my life definitely went off the tracks there that's where everything went wrong I was on a much different <laughs> trajectory before then and uh yeah that was before backlash when uh, I was still I guess we were in college then but I feel like it was also <laughs> It was really funny because it was, I was definitely still um, active. I was actually thinking about, (laughs) I was thinking this afternoon about the time that we talked each other into voting for George W. Bush on the eve of the 2000 election. And we got like so worked up. I don't remember, something triggered it, like some lib triggered us. And we were like in Santa Cruz constantly being triggered by like hippies and leftists and libs. It was a lot. I don't remember exactly the context but at some point i remember being like i don't want that fucking bitch tipper gore to be my fucking first lady and you're like me either and we marched our asses to those polls in person in those days you didn't do any of this text voting or whatever they do these days these kids but we actually went down there to that methadone clinic where we voted and we voted or i did anyway for george w bush i don't know i don't know if i should be that proud of it but i am um <laughs> yes we did do that <laughs> do you remember do you did you also vote did you also vote for george w bush i did and it you know it was sparked by that unwanted house guest that would show up and never leave oh my gosh that was telling us that we had to vote for george uh for oh yeah for Clinton, right? Gore's husband yeah whatever oh, al gore <laughs> yeah it was al gore it was al gore yeah i forget we were always so you guys think the internet's bad when we lived in santa cruz it was like the internet but real life and like these reply these little like annoying like internet people with their little opinions would just show up at your fucking house like a tupperware lady and just be like in your living room like eating your food and like smoking your weed and like telling you what to do with your life it is sounds like made up but this is like literally what our lives were like <laughs> like it was fun too just like the internet but it was pretty wild <laughs> it's so interesting to think back to do you feel like we kind of like sorry do, do you feel like we kind of um witnessed a lot of things that people gripe about now like firsthand like on the ground before it happened sort of like with a kind of like wokeness or maybe cancel culture do you remember some of that from those santa cruz era the the era of that uh of that time yeah i mean i i went to a i remember i got talked into going to like a black panther meeting at some point in college probably by angela davis maybe <laughs> I I always my whole thing of Angela Davis I think she was totally a like federal witness I think that she like totally read on the Black Panthers it's I don't know I I never had a class with her but I definitely uh attended a lecture of hers and she's just bad vibes honestly yeah well I mean just everything there was so different um (laughs) then I and it and it's gone through such a transformation too, because now a lot of just mainstream people are like, Oh, I'm going to Santa Cruz. Like, Oh, are you sure you can hack it? <laughs> I can't even imagine now because I feel like some of the like 
some of the funner parts of being there would have been like taken out by now by kind of like the HR culture of everything. Like, I don't know, do they still, not that we participated in this, but like the first rain, you have like people running around naked and doing all kinds of like, I just remember a lot of sexual and drug hazing going on. A fellow, a fellow housemate of mine at a different point was in a lot of trouble at the fraternity at the UC Santa Cruz for kidnapping those koi fish, you know, and then barbecuing them unfortunately they got into a lot of trouble for that and they uh, were on mtv for it too i don't know this is all ridiculous and probably two dogs let me, let me set this up better like um was it a surprise for you when you came to santa cruz uh first we were in our like late teens early 20s right what was that like was it a culture shock for you okay so i'll give a little bit of background i'm sure, yeah I, i'm from like a nice area of los angeles I grew up in sort of a I guess snobbier high school culture. I don't, with a lack of a better word, but I don't know that I fit into that culture that well. So going to Santa Cruz um, felt, it was kind of nice at first until you're like, oh, look, everything's so quirky and different. And then, so they draw you in with that. And then you're sort of, you're like wow it really is different <laughs> it really is just like what people will call i guess cultural marxism nowadays or whatever where you go see the movie and yes it has like the woke messaging but you don't really think you're signing up for like chopping up kids genitals or something and the next thing you know you're literally there with a cleaver in your hand and they're saying do it say trans children are children and, and i don't know i don't think that's how it works my point being it was really kind of this lure right you go in and it does it feels so free and then like there's all these strings attached you have to listen to hippies lecture you about like what to eat and where to shop and like I don't know. I found yes. it to seem. Yes. But I will vouch you do. I will say uh, you don't ever, it's never struck me as a typical, like, um, I don't know what's the right thing, a like gossip girl. I don't know, like, what kind of, like, prep school environment to compare it to, but I, I think that's a fair comparison, maybe. You were in Los Angeles, like, uh, well, I guess, like, a nice, like, a gossip girl type environment, right? I don't know if there's a West Coast equivalent. I, I mean, I show. guess it would I, I don't know if there is. Um, I want to watch it if there is. But. It's kind of surprising because it's not, they had like 90210. That was public school, everyone. Like everyone thinks Beverly Hills 90210. Those kids were trash. They were white trash. They were <laughs> West Beverly High. Give me a fucking break. Those were not rich kids. So that, that doesn't count. Um, I don't know. Like, does Maybe Boy Meets World. Was that private school? We didn't get a whole glimpse into their social culture, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they really need to make that show and I'll see, I'm going to see if I can get some people. Well, I guess all the writers are striking. So they're striking, but you know, who probably isn't Brett Easton Ellis. We're going to call him up. We're going to call up Brett Easton Ellis, author of Less Than Zero and uh, you know, American Psycho, uh, icon, legend. Brett, call us up. Uh, we've got a native Angelino here. I've got a media empire in the making. Let's make it happen. Whatever this show is called. Uh, West Beverly Academy, the series. Oh, <laughs> St. Beverly's. <laughs> um, Lady Kate, what else should we know about you? I mean, this is, I'm just hee-hawing, but it's good. We have to, it's going to warm up here. I feel like we're uh, we're hitting our stride, but I don't want to keep you all evening and we've got so much to get to. What should people know about uh, the real G, I should say, Lady K? Oh gosh, the OG Lady K. <laughs> um... Well, first of all, are there other Lady K's out there trying to steal the Lady K bag? Who knows? I mean, <laughs> there could be. <laughs> They're on notice now. I'm 
basically just an old lady um, living my life and paying attention to, I don't know, only things that the New York Post reports on, really. All their garbage. <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to read only one, although they've gotten kind of soft too, like New York Post, oh, I feel like you read so hard. I don't know. I feel like they used to have it just a little bit more like um, kind of bite to their reporting, sort of. And now they're kind of they're kind of normy now too, in a way. I still think that if you're going to read one outlet, <laughs> it's either that or maybe the Daily Mail. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> those are perfect like new york times to me is just like such a, a joke i don't know do you do you read like los angeles times or were you ever like an la times subscriber uh no no never but although i don't know that i've ever subscribed to a newspaper my parents did have the la times in our house delivered daily when i was growing up but um i think i read the calendar section mm. <laughs> I'm painting myself as the intellectual that I am. <laughs> no, I was going to say that. I will say uh, Lady K has an extensive knowledge of culture, of, of high arts. I would say fine arts. Uh, she's a background in such things. She's well-studied, I'd say well-traveled. And I don't know, you are a Piscean. It's important for people to know that I have a lot of Pisces audience members, actually. It's a highly Piscean uh, audience. I don't know how statistically to break that down, but I Love think that. it is a pretty strong water sign uh, audience, Surprisingly, for this crazy fire sign, they're out there. They vibe with this, and I think they will vibe with Lady K because of just that similar, I don't know, almost like worldly, like laid back appreciation. You kind of absorb the world. I feel like you kind of take it all in, and then you'll come back with notes for sure. You'll have yeah. some comments, you know, but it's not necessarily always going to be a big. Uh, you're not going to necessarily launch a podcast and scream about it for an hour every week. You might just come and visit from time to bring those bullet points when when needed, right? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But- <laughs> but you definitely have like I think definitely an inquisitive mind uh like always it's one thing I would say about about you for sure and I have a great intellect like I think uh when I think of Lady K I definitely think of yeah intelligence I mean I don't know like we went to UC Santa Cruz so it is hard to say because it's like I don't know were those even real classes sometimes like no <laughs> <laughs> what did you think what, what do you think of your liberal arts education does it serve you do you do you rely on it beyond the paper it's printed on oh zero percent <laughs> um yeah i actually work with uh mathematics now so i um <laughs> really put that to zero use whatsoever um but you know what it was a good time it's all about the journey right Mm, mm, I love it. Speaking of journey, I feel like you've been on kind of a journey of your own lately. You've been on this journey, Lady K, and you related to me. And when I was uh, discussing, I was like, I want to talk to, to Lady K on my show because I feel like we could have a good, really good conversation. And I realized it would make so much sense because you told me about this, but we haven't really had the proper, I guess you could give me a class or like a spiel or a, a, a PowerPoint or something, but that's like a strange thing to technically maybe it shouldn't be but it's kind of a strange thing in friendships currently for people to present their findings right i don't know it's like a little bit strange but i was like i know lady k's learned a lot i could tell and i know a little bit you told me about some of the topics and some of the books you've read um but i i was like you know what this is a perfect forum like i was like lady k i know has absorbed this information i know she's got a download i feel like the topic i would say broadly maybe is the soul but what have you been kind of studying lately and like what led you there Okay, so I'll start with what led me there. Um, well, I don't, 
Yeah. Okay. I always ask three questions in one, and then it's really rude, honestly, to the the to the guests. But it's part of how I assert dominance, just between you and me, because you're you know IRL. <laughs> well, okay. So I'm gonna throw this really random thing in, and then I'll kind of go Do back it. to it. I love it. Um. So in the if anyone's seen the Barbie movie, have you seen the Barbie movie? No, but the audience has definitely seen the Barbie Barbie movie. Okay, well, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I was a Barbie player, but in the scene when <laughs> she's like, "Do you ever think about dying?" Um, and then everything like freezes. I always felt like, "Oh, I'm that person who kind of thinks about dying like forever, like my whole life." It, I mean, doesn't it pop in your mind sometimes? Like, "Oh, what's it like? What happens? Wait, what happens to our loved ones?" So anyway, um, that segue, now let's go back to um, a, fr- a friend of mine a couple of years ago passed away and um, just sort of younger than expected natural causes. Mm. Um, and uh, May I ask, was this before or after 2021? After. No, I'm very sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so horrible way to say that. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So anyway, um, I was really distraught about this. Um, and uh, another friend of mine handed me a book and said, read this. And the book was Journey of Souls by Michael Newton. And I was like, okay. And it was sort of in that grieving period of, you can't really think about your what's going on in your real life. Mm-hmm. So you can only think about this. So I dove right in and read that book so quickly. And it just sparked this um, this huge journey through past lives and the soul's journey and um, just finding out as much information as I could. And even ended up with me studying mediumship and um, practicing meditation, which I never thought was for me. my sincere condolences for your loss. It's like, I I illustrated a good lesson. I think it's a teachable moment for why you don't just go and be like vaccinated underneath the coma, <laughs> you know, post another death. I illustrated what it looks like in real life and it's not a good one. I'm very sorry. Your loss, you know, it's first of all, I think that's something a lot of people are experiencing, unfortunately. It's, we obviously experience it in life, but especially um, un- untimely and sort of unexpected passing is very, very hard to deal with always. I don't know if I want to say we rebound, but kind of like this kind of idea of like a, a reconnection with spirituality, very much like something that I know I've gone through and many other people, uh, especially like in our audience, the remote viewers, they're, they're here with us actually, definitely right now. They, that's part of it, you know, it's part of the spiritual journey. So I think it's really uh, relatable. Uh, but I, I started meditating also so for the first time most people don't believe it just based off the way i like i act and talk but like i do actually try to slow my mind down from time to time so this is like very much vibing with me i love that you were on this journey over the same kind of time frame specifically is what i mean you know the, the last couple of years um tell me about this book actually before we get to that what what was your thoughts on like this before i guess we should say i know that you are kind of a religious you're a practicing religious person but kind of like what were you coming from before uh this happened well 
I, I never, I guess I never really like completely bought into any religion or I, I kind of like parts of religion. Like, I think it's nice to go to a church or a temple or whatever. It's like, they're good places to be. I think people have like the right um, idea of, and things are stronger in a group, whether it's whatever you believe. So, but I've always sort of held the belief that either they're all the same or they all work. There's no one right religion or way of life. I think that there's many paths to the same place. So that's sort of my background, but I had never even thought about, um, uh, I never really thought about uh, reincarnation or any of these things aside from like studying Buddhism in college for a while. Um, it just never, it wasn't in something that I really felt the need for, but I guess things sort of come or come into your life when you need them, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this, and the way that this got me is uh, Michael Newton was a psychologist and a very by the book psychologist, uh, not believing even in hypnotism, but trying it for like its therapeutic means Mm -hmm. and sort of stumbled upon this information and built like 30 years of work before publishing it just to try to make it. So it sort of the... I guess underlying academic in a person mm-hmm. made it resonate more with me. Mm-hmm. I feel like all those things so many noise. I have noise canceling on, but it's always happening. It's the government. So they send like motorcycle gangs to patrol the streets when I record everyone. It's awful. <laughs> awful with I pay taxes for them to do that too. Imagine that. Anyway, on track here. I'm so sorry. There's a few ideas that really resonate, but I think I'm really curious to hear about what Michael Newton uncovered and how he did it. But even just your idea of accepting something, but then like all of a sudden, like really penetrating it. I kind of like relate. I remember, maybe not specifically, I remember when you made us all shave our heads for Buddhism week when you, and we, in, in college. <laughs> aside from that, yeah, you were like a super devout religious, like person, but definitely like a spiritually oriented, I guess I'd say, or open minded was my impression of you. But it seems like, after this kind of like new curiosity, I guess, that you found, like you penetrated deeper and maybe found, sounds like almost accepted things that you kind of just accepted on the surface, but really started to understand them or like drill in deeper. Is, is that kind of a fair way to say it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's absolutely fair. Because um, like you, you would, had you, you thought about reincarnation, you knew what it was and maybe you hadn't rejected it, but you hadn't really like, you didn't care about it maybe so much. You weren't deep diving on it or even really thinking about how it could even possibly work or if it worked at all. Right. I mean, I think my, I, I just didn't, I didn't really have the need for it. You know, we have so much in our lives and we only have a capacity to deal with so much at a time that I guess it didn't really, I didn't really focus on it until I had a need for it in my life. Mm, mm. It, yeah. It's really relatable. I think a lot of people will find uh, something there. I should stop telling people what to think, but it's part of my job as host is to tell them what to think. So I, I, yeah. I I mean, and, you know, a lot of people like go towards religion at certain things. And that's great if that works for you. I, 
my biggest struggle is like having to go someplace every week is just it's yeah, a lot. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I do know that you I do know you to be a practicing religious person, but my understanding is that's all tied in with some sort of personal scam that your family's running or something. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yes. <laughs> okay. So like aside from that, like yeah, just more just kind of a spiritual vibe or whatever. But like just like <laughs> No, I'll cut that out. Okay, so, okay. Uh, no, no, keep it. It's great. What was it that this, uh, is it Dr. Newton, what did, he, what did he find? How did he find it? So his work is, um, he, they were, they had studied, and I don't even remember when it was, like the 60s or 70s or whenever it was that um, uh, past life hypnotism and like past life regressions were being used to uh, heal different like re- illnesses or pain that there were no that there was no apparent cause for, uh-huh. I guess. So his first patient, when I think he accidentally did a past life regression, I think he was just doing hypnotism for therapy, like trying to stay within this life. And then the first instance, um, accidentally went to someone's past life healed his shoulder pain um or wherever the pain was it's not that important um but then was able to go in and verify all the historical facts from the account from this person under hypno hypnosis um so then and then i think as he furthered that work doing past life regressions to try to see like what people have brought in from past lives that are affecting this life um he ended up going accidentally and with a different patient to the soul world the black neighborhood (laughs) 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 yeah there was (laughs) well that sounds fun also (laughs) yeah i mean it it's so out there but it also makes a lot of sense too that we're well here's another thing the, another reason, and this is like all out of order, but awesome. another reason why I've always thought that there is more than this life is, have you ever seen um, a body in a casket at a viewing for a funeral or anything? Absolutely avoided it like the plague. They tried to make me look at it, but no, I have not gotten Fascinating because they're like, oh, that's kind of the person. And I realize that they're dead and like embalmed and whatever, but yeah. they're, but it's like you can see that their spirit's gone from them. So like their mm-hmm. essence, it's just this body. And it feels like, oh, there has to be something more that would be there that's not there anymore. Wow. That's, that's fascinating. I, be- I believe you. Um, maybe I'll go look for it next time. I'll- I'm going to take your word for it. Probably. Go to the viewing. It's, it's, it's fascinating. You know, maybe I'll go see if there's one, someone, there's always something going on at the church, you know, like, yeah. stop it. <laughs> is that, is that, it's just for research, for, it's for my podcast. Excuse me, I just need to see it. I do believe there's like a bio-lessons. I think what you're, when you were talking about that, it made me think, A, of like AI and how AI can't quite recreate people still, like really mm. lifelike yet, uh, especially like around hands, which I think is really interesting and certain features yeah. of the face. It just so, and then the idea of hypnosis though is super interesting also. And I think- 
I don't know, I think everyone's in a state of hypnosis basically all the time in some degree, like you're either self-hypnotized, you can, I call it the trance, you can either do a self-hypnosis and you're kind of like doing that, but there's always other hypnosis going on, other hypnotic uh, programs and agendas, you know, and I think there's various levels of it. And so I think to me, it's not surprising, I guess, that there's like a subconscious information that can be unpacked or uncovered, but through these various states, because I think the kind of regular state that we just call wake, waking consciousness is just, it is another t- dream state. It's just a variation. There's all these different kinds of uh, uh, elements or spectrum kind of to, the, to this experience. I'm not like surprised by any of this at all. It also reminded me, I guess, really quickly of Edgar Casey. I don't know if you're familiar with him, mm-hmm. but he's, uh, you know, kind of known as, I think, the sleeping prophet, but he, his uh, prophecies and, and kind of readings that he did for people came through like a essentially a hypnosis state. It was like a sleeping state. And on the flip side of kind of this like idea of like uh, uncovering information and kind of unlocking potential inside the hypnosis, there's also this like dark hypnosis, I feel like where you shut down and you're blocked from all of this. And not just blocked from that, but also like logic and reason, which is I think what we see a lot today with people's inability to even have basic conversations over things that are controversial like and just completely shutting it down, you know, rather than you asserting why they have the moral high ground or whatever, they just like, well, tend to shut it down or just speaking like propaganda or whatever. And to me, that feels like the exact opposite of this state it's kind of like the like the dark end of the spectrum i don't know that was my download yeah i think and um and i think there's a lot of maybe forgetting your real purpose in that Mm. because Mm. i mean is that who we are are we Mm. are we people that hate people who think different things than we are we do or i mean it's also Why are you so angry? So you, you've come to know that I, it was always been probably as long as the internet's been around, I guess you've known me as some form of internet menace, I suppose, to a degree, <laughs> like even in the MySpace era, I was something of an internet menace. Uh, I would say that I think you're just so fascinating and you <laughs> present your information and in, I think, I, I think it helps to know you, to know that, um, some of the things you say, well, you're never filled with hate. Like you never are coming from oh, yeah, a place yeah, of hate, sure. even though some things like may sound really hateful <laughs> like you say. <laughs> no, it's always, you know, thank you. I appreciate you saying that, Lady Kay. It was, that wasn't even necessarily my point, but I, I will make sure that is noted and scribed somewhere actually, uh, because it is, that's important to know. But I guess just, oh yeah, I guess just, yeah. So I want to kind of go back a little bit. Like what is the soul world? Okay. So essentially, and my understanding I'm drawing from like Michael Newton's work, uh, the work of Brian Weiss, and um, I studied under a medium trying to gain more information. And, and everything I've looked at uh, kind of comes, and, and several other authors, um, those are just kind of my favorites. Um, everything comes down to that we're this soul essence um, and we, uh, and like, you're a being of energy, like uh, everyone thing is made of energy, right? Um, and energy just changes. It can't be created or destroyed. Um, it can only be changed. So we're a form of energy of consciousness. Um, and we kind of have what's called a soul group in the spirit world. And we're all sort of on the the, a path of growth. So mm-hmm. when we incarnate into a body, we're here to learn lessons that further develop our soul growth. So we learn from lessons, experiences, um, challenges, 
things like that. So it's all, everything is to further our soul development. Sometimes is that called like a karmic group too? The idea that you're a group of people bound together across time and space over lifetimes. Yes. Yes. So it would be the same idea. And there are, there are several things that are referred to by different names, um, but they're, they're the same thing. And which makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. spirit they're what do they call like spirit guides also called like masters or guardian angels or whatever people refer Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. these sort of teachers in the soul world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's always a lot of different names from like different religion to religion to even just like modern teachings. Like there's so many different like splinter. And then as, as people realize things on their own, they come up with their own names for things too, which makes sense, you know, as well. But there's a lot of, I think, uh, analogous concepts. Um, what, how did you come to, I guess, yeah, what, what, like how did you end up going to on the path to a mediumship apprenticeship? I don't know if that's the term. Oh, um, I, so I just started, I, I just started like, following different groups different like meditation places spiritual shops whatever and um and i went to this random session for understanding mediumship it was like a general like free session to do that and i was like oh that's cool and then there was this course but it was crazy expensive and i was like well i'm not spending a bunch of money because whatever um and uh they ended up someone contacted me someone from the business office and offered me a scholarship to take the course and I did so I studied for I think three months um under a medium and with a practice every week I have I don't feel, well, I don't feel like I have medium abilities and there's different ways that people, um, there's a lot of modern thinking that anyone can develop mediumship abilities. And I mean, I probably believe that to be true if you have the time and energy to invest in that. I'm um, sure, okay. Um, but it was definitely a cool experience. What can you just define? Like, what, some, what exactly does a medium do? What is mediumship? So it's, uh, I guess it it's just someone used as a tool to communicate between worlds. So if we're if we're all energy, um, like our past loved ones and whoever else in the spirit world are vibrating at a higher frequency than we are here on Earth. So where it's all about vibrational energy. So the goal is to raise your vibration up a little and they can bring their vibration down to Hmm. speak with you. So you're like a medium between two worlds. The sky just got really dark as you were talking, like a cloud. I mean, it's weather. It's San Francisco. It's like whatever evening, the fog's coming in, but it's like everything changed. All of a sudden as you're talking, it spooked me out a little bit. Lady K, people, I've claimed in the past maybe to advocate on behalf of the departed in criminal investigations of my own. Like, I've no, I've not contacted law enforcement despite, you know, rumors to the contrary. This is my own, you know, pursuit as a sleuth, an amateur sleuth. But, you know, Lena Morgana, famously uh, an associate of, of Lady Gaga's, who we, we documented in a recent episode. Uh, Lacey Peterson, who was not killed by Scott Peterson, reached out, wanted me to just kind of like, 
help help with the investigation. Is it possible that the other side, let's say the spirit world, could reach out, especially in a case where maybe like, I don't know, unjust things happen in their untimely death? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually do believe it's possible. And I, I kind of maybe fall under the, um, I, I've just seen enough people that can learn these practices that it is possible for anyone. I mean, if we're all connected and we all have access to all the information mm. in the world, then anything's possible, right? Yes. Anybody could develop these kind of abilities to communicate on kind of demand at will or whatever, like if they invest the time, but truly anybody can experience the spirit world at any time for any reason. Oh yeah. Well, sure. Like somebody could just be receive an apparition, let's just say hypothetically of Lady Gaga's former best friend who mysteriously fell off of a roof and had her entire career look and aesthetic stolen and some of her songs and put into this very <laughs> successful, you know, Italian singer from Manhattan. Maybe she comes and she says, I'm upset about that. Yeah. I don't need to have special powers. I'm not claiming to be some sort of, you know, that, if I were to say that, you know, allegedly, I, that doesn't mean someone's necessarily a wizard, I guess is what I'm saying. It could happen to anybody. And in fact, like they could be contacted by the spirit world if the spirit world chooses. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all possible, right? Like, of course that could have happened. Who knows? Who knows? Thank you. That's all your honor. Thank you. That's I I was going to say, I was actually going to say, and I say this under oath, oath, it's, Absolutely possible. Why not? <laughs> oh, good. This is an affidavit, actually. Especially, I'm thinking like notary in here. Uh, reincarnation. Tell me a little bit about that. What did you learn in the sphere of re reincarnation or, or soul travels? Uh, so I guess we we come back to different lives. I mean, there's so many different accounts of of I don't know the details of like how long you're there, how long you're here. Um, but I think what happens is we pick different lives to have different experiences. So a lot of different psychics and mediums and whoever else is 
studying all this like woo woo out there stuff um, does say that we've all been everything. So we've all been, you, we have to experience like all the races, all the gen or gen, different genders. Um, <laughs> different- how many of them? Two, everyone. Lady K doesn't have to say it. I will. Two. Go on. um yeah so it's it's all about the learning process and and the experiences that you gain to raise your soul to the higher level of course i I guess the questions i have about reincarnation is does it happen all the time do you think do some people not reincarnate does everyone have a soul are there npcs um (laughs) imagine every yeah you have to have a soul there's so much tiptoeing around like the bad you know because if you're thinking of this like who would ever choose to be like hitler or whatever um like uncomfortable question for my audience but maybe pick yeah exactly (laughs) but yeah i take your point i take your point there's certain people uh, some reputations are not for everyone right yeah it's like would you choose to do these things? And um, I guess there's kind of meaning behind all of it. And, or, um, or someone was in a body that they weren't capable of controlling, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who knows? The influences of madmen, you know, or magicians, yeah. like, who knows? I, anything <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I'm not trying to make excuses for anybody. I'm just saying <laughs> things happen. It gets crazy. Um, one question I always wonder about reincarnation is could you be reincarnated in the same time and place in two different bodies, like overlapping? Because I, th- oh, yes. I, I think yes know. now. I think yes. If it's if reincarnation is real, oh, then it, it doesn't give a fuck about time and space. Because how time and space, like whatever. That's true. I mean, <laughs> there's some stuff that I still can't wrap my head around, <laughs> but you know, I get but I get that it's all possible. It's all possible. I, I talk about time travel a lot, and I don't even know exactly what I mean by it always because it's confusing. I just know it is real. But sometimes it could be almost like, I don't know, just different worlds. I always say, like, I didn't choose Pool House, Pool House cho- chose me, you know? But it does feel that way sometimes. Like, it's a like a final form almost or something like that. Like, many of, and I think it's relatable to a lot of people, too, of just, like, uh, being pulled towards something else, you know? I'm glad to hear that you went on these journeys and had these experiences because I feel like it's it is anything's possible and it makes me feel like anything's more possible um the other thing about this is there there are many worlds that you can incarnate on um but earth is the most difficult so we are in the the earth school is the most difficult place where we're going to experience the most soul growth which is pretty cool so all all of you out there congratulations on coming to earth school for these <laughs> difficult lessons <laughs> that's fascinating i will and i actually happen to know earth is not the real name of our planet there's actually a secret name that we will receive after a certain point it's in the galactic registry i know the name i it has been revealed actually in the pages of my Substack, very deep, 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 you know, in the footnotes, but it's out there and the time will come where we'll publicize it probably more or whatever. But yeah, there's a secret name to the planet. Earth is dirt. Like Earth, it's rude to call it Earth. It hurts my feelings once I learned about the secret name. It honestly starts to hurt my feelings to call it Earth. I get it. I get it. I unfortunately can't say on the air. Yeah, I don't have permission, but just, you know, just between you and me, just for my feelings, it's like my trigger is the word Earth. Okay. 
Got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. It sounds so crazy to talk about this, but it really isn't all that crazy. So go on a spiritual quest journey. Look at this information. It's fascinating. You mentioned, uh, we'll link to these books in the show notes. You mentioned the Newton book. What were, what were the other titles that you kind of mentioned? That people oh, okay. So um, Michael Newton, Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls are both fantastic. Um, and those are both written by Michael Newton. There are several others under his name, but I think they were um, written by people who follow uh, his methods. Um, and they're not as well written as his books. So there it's still if it'll give you that um, satisfaction, I guess, if you're wanting more, but it's not as good. Uh, Brian Weiss, brilliant. He was a psychiatrist, um, I think like Yale educated or something. Such an, and he's still alive and he's done some very interesting past life work. Um, did it surprise you how many like how many like just credible people like were writing these books and such that these were not like cranks or crystal shop owners or they were like credentialed scientists well yeah but I mean you see that sorry sorry to draw a political parallel but um but you see that also with people who say something against whatever the narrative is Mm -hmm. um even though they're educated and intelligent and rather than listening we're saying oh that person's just crazy like we have to just say that person's crazy rather than listening to the possibility that they have something valuable to say thank you for doing the drawing of the parallel because i will fill in a few of the blanks because i know you do wish to keep your job but i just like the the tq as i'll call it uh let's say the benefits of gender affirming care invasive surgeries for children i think there's a lot of questions that should be naturally had about that that are silenced by so-called you know exactly the same thing uh fake experts while real science real credible science is out there saying no the, the vaccine is a famous example which that was my real real a wide awakening i guess because when i really started to go into that which was like oh my gosh no this is truly like terrifying because there's plenty none of the people were like the wackos they wanted you to believe they were i mean some of them aren't actually wackos actually but i mean when you start to look at them there was actually legitimate credibility to people like uh, judy mikovitz who's an eccentric person no doubt but she has a phd and she has an extensive background to her uh and, and worked for the very people who call her crazy now like dr fauci you know and, and then there's other uh, such examples so uh I think paranormal is exactly the same thing with like, whether it be, I don't really want to get into aliens and UFOs. I, I hate that topic right now, but I think like <laughs> uh, past lives, uh, the spirit world, ESP, lost civilizations, like ancient worlds prior to, you know, uh, what we have on record, that's considered to be such quack science. But when you actually do, again, get into the kind of uh, research around it, there is credibility around some of the voices. Yeah. And, and I mean, that goes for anything. There are some people, maybe some of the people are really crazy and you're, you might spotlight those crazy people to say like, Hey, they're all crazy, but no, there are really intelligent people that, um, that have some good ideas out there. And no, no, you're right. 
there's definitely like there's definitely wackos that get it purposely. I call it counter narrative. They get sent out there to be people insane, loud mouth, fast talking, complete schizo, spastic losers. You know, kind of like me. Maybe you could almost say like not me, obviously. And they get sent out there to just like cause problems and rant and just stir up discord. And it's just like, come on, JBC, you're an obvious op. I'm glad to be on the spiritual journey with you because I believe we are definitely our Lady K and I. I hope I said Lady K. I might have said you. I'll listen back to all this. Lady K, definitely on a spirit journey. Like we're in a. Uh, I feel like it, definitely in a, a karmic group or a soul group. I don't know. Well, I got a yeah. fun name for it, like a crystal soul ship. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> I, you are 100 in my crystal soul ship, or oh. I want to jump ship. I would get off the ship if I'm not. I, w- I would get off the ship if I was there, to be honest. For <laughs> people. Like, I don't know. An hour a week is a, it's, that's a big commitment. That's like a nice short cruise, but you know, a long soul voyage. It's aeons. I'm my producer in, our, in, in the group. And I feel like truly, in a, it always sounds so cheesy, but everybody who's like part of the backlash audience and just like comes and even likes a little bit of it. It's a, you know what I mean? It is part of a network of people. And I think we're all like finally, regaining our sense of purpose you know because i think you're right i think that is like the thing that they try to to disorient the most is who you who we are like we don't ever really think about it uh just talk about meditation a little bit because that is uh this idea of uh consciousness when it's we don't think about it as a society we don't think about willpower like as our generation was not taught anything about will i don't think still really understand will or willpower like will to power like these are very foreign concepts to millennials and younger because it was like literally our brains were scrambled on all of this i don't understand agency it's really hard reorienting myself to these concepts now as an old man because our generation was so badly misled uh and that all ties back to i think really just scrambling sense of purpose sense of identity and one thing so like, i don't know i even really want to say but it's like this like vedanta society lady which is like an offshoot of like a vedic philosophy or whatever it is i like it just the practice she does is a really easy meditation and she explains it really well so i learned a little bit about it and not vedantic or advocating for it but it, it was really helpful for me to understand really just um what vedic teachings were i guess i needed a framework or an entry point so it's been useful um and it's all about just centering the consciousness and that is about part of like the way i feel like i was able to sort of remember the time wars and all the timelines and that was like oh my gosh this is important there's like crazy things going on like i have like all these missions i'm like really behind on and so like that's been like my journey i guess how did you come to meditation um i I am still working on my meditation skills. My problem is I'm really good at sleeping. So every time I meditate, I mean, my husband and my daughter will joke about like, oh, you're taking You're going to take a nap. I'm like, no, I'm going to meditate because I always fall asleep. So I, for me, I guess it's, it's really, I really do want to access, um, you know, that tranquil state. I just, tend to go too deep i guess maybe i wonder if there's another time well you're you're not really like a coffee drinker famously i guess so like maybe you're just sleepy yeah no i'm i'm pretty 
I'm, I'm very caffeine oriented, I guess. I mean, I do need a lot of caffeine in the morning to get started. Um, yeah, maybe I'm just tired, overworked. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. How long do you try to meditate for? Um, I, I always put on a meditation and it depends. Like I, I put on a podcast or something sure. like to meditate, to guide me. I try to do like a 20 minute one or something. Um, but I guess, okay. I never really answered how did I come to meditation? Yeah, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, I really in, when I was studying mediumship, it was the only way that you're going to be able to develop this is to be able to put yourself because it's all based on different, um, brain states, like your alpha yes. state, your beta, theta, theta delta. So like yes. getting to those deeper levels takes practice. So I was really supposed to be doing that, but I just slept a lot. Well, you know, maybe you were doing <laughs> the dream you were doing. You know, there's something to dream world. Too. Like lately, I think I work at dream. Like I think I work there. Like it's a, it dreams. I think like at night, in my dreams, I feel like I'm working. I'm just busy, very busy. And not in an annoying way. Sometimes they're really, sometimes they're elaborate. Sometimes they're very simple, but I'm always like, I've got places to be. I've got people to address. And I realize I'm like, I work there. That is why I'm not getting any rest. Like I go, I clock in the second my eyes hit a certain, I'm boom, I'm back on the clock, which is so me, of course, you know, just busy, busy beaver. I had to go and sign up for a shift at Big Dream. Yeah, that is so you to be working all night. It Although is. I am a dreamer, a Pisces. So, you know, I know I, I've seen you. that's just, that's what I do. <laughs> Piscean, the Piscean dream. I do yeah. love it, Lady K. <laughs> um, I have a few questions for you. I was going to introduce you at one point as the, the Hierophant of Pool House Legends, because you are a, a priestess or keeper of like secrets, I feel like, of lore. We don't have to go into all of that. Um, I was looking, but I actually wanted to ask you, before you even talk about me, Lady K, I wanted to ask you a question. What is your, what do you love about Los Angeles the most? What's your favorite thing about oh, Los God. Angeles? Oh, um, that's a tough question. Okay. So lifelong Angelino, I was born here. I think I'm like fourth generation of my family to be from Los Angeles. Um, I don't know what I love anymore. I, I do love that there, you know, like you see the kids you played little league with, it can be sort of a small town in the big city, but it's gotten, um, too challenging mm. of a place to live. I was going to ask what you disliked the most about it all next, but I think you answered it. (laughs) Well, it's, I mean, the the things you see on the news, the crime, the traffic, um, Mm. it's just so filthy. Like, I don't want to feel, you know, you you actually know me and you know how I don't love dirty things. And now Mm. this is how I live. I, it's almost like, yeah, it's like a rainy day on a bus in Santa Cruz, but it's your life, you know, <laughs> yes. all, that hippie, all that wet hippie everywhere and wet crust just coating the streets. And when Travis Bickle and taxi drivers said a, a rain is going to come, he didn't count on the streets being littered with like crackheads and, and hippies. I mean, I guess they were, but you know, there's like a really disgusting film that's produced when the moisture hits their like just <laughs> essence. It's very problematic for the environment for those of you out there who care about that. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous uh but i think um 
Yeah, I know. We were, oh, wait, I was going to say, when I was uh, visiting you in Los Angeles, uh, in fact, I felt like a celebrity. I was saying this, it makes me feel like I'm like a Ukrainian refugee when I go places because I'm from San Francisco. And people are like, oh my gosh, you're, what is it like? Is it as bad? And you, know, you could play it up. You can like play it depends on what audiences you can do, whatever you want really with it. Because even like, even like now Democrats, like blue type people, leaning people, I guess kind of are acknowledging that something might be wrong with some of those cities anyway, I guess. <laughs> uh, but when in Los Angeles, it's funny because people want to know so badly, is it worse than LA? That's like what everyone really wants to know. They're like, is San Francisco worse than Los Angeles? So I kept like a running, I kept a running count in my mind while I was there. And I, I don't know if you can really say one's worse, but I'm going to say Los Angeles is worse. And here's why. And here's why. The only reason we do not have a MacArthur Park. Oh. <laughs> Well, and um, and not your most recent visit, but when we went to Venice Beach, once we hit the dark part. They sort that of was still that was still nicer than San Francisco. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. All right. <laughs> Actually, I'll say this: uh, downtown LA, like Maxine Waters District, right there near Skid Row. We went to go look at the new bridge that was built down in uh, Los Angeles uh, near San. We you come in through like the part of downtown that's like really sketchy, especially for it being the downtown. Like we our downtown would not have. Well, there is a federal building where the employees are now going to be working from home because it, the Nancy Pelosi built federal building where they uh, the crime is so out of control that the employees no longer safe to work there in <laughs> but i would say that so that's pretty bad i guess i haven't heard about something like that in la but the macarthur park situation which i will say, like yeah maybe it should be careful it starts melting after dark you know that green icing it's not gonna be the only thing that's flowing around there's gonna be a lot of like crackhead sweat and just like I don't know, just really bad things flowing everywhere because when I was there, I, my, my producer and I took a little trip down to MacArthur Park to uh, <laughs> just check it out because I'm a big fan of the song by you know, uh, Richard Harris and, and Donna Summer. And you know, Lady Kay warned me not to go. And she's like, do not go. And she was like, it's just the most gracious host you could ever have when you're when you're visiting. It would, it would literally take me anywhere, probably, but but there. And she was like, I'm busy that that whenever that whenever you're going, I'm busy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we took the subway and immediately regretted it upon exiting the subway, like immediately getting off the train. I was like, oh, okay. And it was just, I, I couldn't even take pictures because it was too like, it would be like objectifying the people there because it was just like, there was just no frame that you could do that didn't have just human misery and suffering in it. We saw, I saw a bout of domestic violence just break out. It was fine. They ended up kissing. So it was fine in the end, but it was like scary for a second to watch. And that was like, we were there for 45 seconds and I saw like six years worth of Showtime serials, you know, they could make out of that TV show. So I'm just saying, MacArthur Park, very dramatic, very different than any park in San Francisco. Your move. <laughs> I mean, I... I don't, I haven't been to San Francisco in so long, but I, but although San Francisco has all those businesses leaving, like no one wants so to even be there anymore. <laughs> well, you, you, you won it by just being like, I haven't been there because nobody wants to come to San Francisco and to Ryan. And it'd be, yes, we have had a, a wee bit of excess. I mean, I feel like the LA, I feel like, what do you think of this writer's strike? I keep, I keep joking about the writer's strike inappropriately and saying that I hope they all starve. I mean that as starving artists because I think they could benefit from a little bit of just, you know, a gravitas in their life to be able to just, you know, become more improved artists. Cause I don't think they're, they're delivering. How is it, uh, how is it down there? Is it crazy right now? I, 
you're not in the I industry. Guess, I guess. I'm, so, not, so, I'm yeah. not in the industry. But as like a, as a citizen, I mean, yeah. I'm, there there aren't that many people at the at the places. I guess they're. I mean, they're supposed to go every day, but I doubt people do. It's like summer, and then supposedly it was supposed to be resolved like at Labor Day. I was like, that's convenient. You just got summer off. Like that, that's the goal. <laughs> I'm so sick of these people. There anyway. I feel like Hollywood. I was there last time. Do you remember? We were like. We were like, Hollywood's dead. <laughs> we were like just cackling because there's just something reports that we hear and it just doesn't seem like a, a, a super viable model for, I don't know what Los Angeles is without it's like, I mean, it won't ever go away completely, of course, but it feels becoming increasingly distributed, you know, and it's not centralized in one city, you know? Well, I always feel really bad for people that visit Los Angeles. No offense, because I just realized <laughs> that you visit, but or like visit San Francisco. Like, come okay. from <laughs> wherever, and they're like, "Oh, this is, um, this is where I spent my money, and it's expensive to stay here too. Like the hotels are expensive, and it's, it's so true. Do um, you know what's so funny though is like we are like, natives are like people who live there are always the biggest snobs about it because I feel like I say this and you say this but then like I always see people going to both Los Angeles and San Francisco for like a vacation and they're like I fucking loved it it was nowhere near as bad as everyone made it sound so like really the Chamber of Commerce should be paying us to be trash talking these cities on the air because it's actually I think having a like secretly an inverse benefit for them yeah that's true we it should. could lower the hotel prices though that might help it's, it, it is insane how expensive everything is to travel it's insane yeah and just everywhere everything is so expensive um, okay a quick couple more quick questions who's your favorite member of the Wu-Tang clan oh well you know this one <laughs> r.i.p odb r.i.p big baby jesus is it true he's the father of your child um anything's possible <laughs> Good answer. That was, I, I spun it. Everyone thought they were going to get Full House lore, but no, I'm bringing bring up a little bit of Lady K lore, but we won't go any deeper than this. Uh, what is your first memory of Full House? Oh, well, I my first memory of you is when I moved into college. We mm. were, I don't know if this is giving up too much it, information. Fine. When we moved up for, into college, you were across the hall from me in the in the dorms and I don't know for some reason my aunt and uncle came with my parents to move me into college so I had a whole entourage and my (laughs) aunt was like I just met that that nice young man maybe you should be friends with him and I was like whatever okay And look at us now. Now you're so like funny. my favorite person in the world. <laughs> I'm not even that nice to your aunt. I feel like so bad now. There's so many that I never even really realized she was our, our conduit. But thank you. Thank you, Aunt Lady K. <laughs> I mean, it probably would have happened. <laughs> we did live across inevitable. Oh, we, did. we did. Lady K and I had uh, our coincidence of fate was to live across from each other in a, in a hippie plantation in Santa Cruz that was yeah. built by the same person who built San Quentin. Okay, like literally lived in a cell block but those are that's a whole other day (laughs) everything makes so much sense now everything exactly and the food had starch in it so you would get really hungry you get really full and you leave and then 20 minutes later you were starving because it was all the same things that you would fucking prison it was a a prison model you just had a little student id card instead of like a a shackle oh wait can i okay this is not my first memory but can i um throw in a memory that speaks to your generosity of spirit oh okay Um, yeah people might not want to hear that but sure (laughs) i I remember being very 
drunk like it, a few years after we'd known each other when we were really close. And um, we were like, well, the only way it's going to be better is if you throw up and <laughs> you stuck your fingers down my throat <laughs> to make me throw up. So mm, there's that. <laughs> you are welcome. I thought you were going to stay the time I ate three feet of Subway sandwiches for you as a gift per your request. Do you remember <laughs> for your birthday? You're like, I want you to eat three foot long Subway sandwiches in one city. Like, I, I hope ask for a dare for your birthday, Lady K. I don't know, but I did it. I did it. I will never do it again. <laughs> My hero. Oh, Lady K. This has been a lot of fun to chat with you, of course, as always, but to do it in a strange context is really weird and interesting. As I said, it feels like time travel. It's just getting, whatever I call time travel is getting crazier and crazier. Strange things are going to be implicated from this no doubt but i feel grateful that you were willing to do this um that you shared you not only just your information that you've learned with uh with me but just like this journey with not just now me but my listeners also you're like a part of the backlash extended universe which of course you always have been but now it's like in this new uh incarnation so you come through the, the portal into the spirit world <laughs> of the backlash dimension and we are very pleased to have lady k i, I still think i might have said your name 600 times <laughs> i was on a podcast we saw a podcast this weekend shout out uh zoo did think pad posse it was a lot of fun it's on the website go look at to check it out oh i'm interviewing a friend of mine actually irl for the first time ever i was like this will be really helpful you can kind of show me like how it's done because i'm afraid i'm gonna say her name a bunch of times and then they they kept saying the like the host name so many times over and over and then i started saying i didn't even know his name <laughs> sorry that man i started i started doxing that man and i was like oh my gosh what is happening so it did not bode well but i do have a really good editing system we will just control f for uh, any original any original traces of your name <laughs> lady k where should people find you if they want to find you well, <laughs> I mean, you can find me. I'm not very active on Twitter, but I think my account is the OG Lady K. You are the OG Lady K. You know what? You can support the OG Lady K spirit. Who knows? Maybe one day she will become suddenly active on, on Twitter, dispensing her her sage wisdom and, and the learnings from the spirit world. You don't know. Yeah. Or X. I guess it's X now. Yeah, X. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> sure. I'm, I have a bone to pick with all of these people. All of this. I was getting, oh, and you need to change the name right now. How about you fix? It's not fixed. So it's, it's purposely done that I'm so shadow banned. It is getting worse and worse. I'm so frustrated, but it's okay because even in the clutches of evil from these Elon Musk figures and all this ugh, censorship and bullshit, the light of Backlash and Pool House shines through thanks to the support of people with the wonderful Lady K, who it's been a pleasure and a delight to entertain this evening and to learn from and share this, uh, this moment with. And to, of course, all of our remote viewers, we could not be here without you. I could technically be here without you, but I wouldn't want to. It wouldn't be as much fun without you. So thank you for being on this journey. Lady K, until next time, I'm going to sign us off. Unless, no, actually, I will put you on the spot. Closing words for our audience. Well, just thank you so much for spending time listening to me. And I am so sorry that you had to listen to me <laughs> ramble about um, nothing. And find the spiritual path. And reach out to me on Twitter or X or whatever when you do and let's chat. <laughs>